Hi everybody, I'm Jason Davis of the Nerd Brand Podcast, the branding and marketing from a nerd's point of view, where we talk about, well, branding and marketing. So we do this on Anchor.fm. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Mitch got a haircut, everybody. <laughs> all of them. Yeah, I got all that. of them cut. Yeah, he got all of them cut, not just a few, because, you know, 2020, we were all on a budget. All right, well, here we go. Let's start the show. <laughs> Welcome to the Nerd Brand Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Jason, and that's Jonathan, that's Mitch. Today, we're going to talk about, well, well, we know what you buy, uh, So, but we're going to talk about Shang-Chi, since uh, nerd, you know, it's in the name, and then the branding part of that, uh, we're going to talk about, um, what, it, what, what's, what have I got on my show notes that I am terrible at remembering? It's a... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's basically behavioral targeting, purchase behavior targeting. I'll say that again. Purchase behavior targeting. Now, term our industry just loves acronyms and terms, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I don't know what purchase behavior targeting is. I, I probably do, but this is a new term. <laughs> it is actually very new. I mean, it's it's probably not new in in the sense of weeks old, but it's it is new um, because digital advertising has hit a wall. I think we've we've talked about that before on our last episode about some of the channels and and what you know some of the distribution channels of digital advertising. You, John, you shared in depth a lot about the tactics that are out there and the things that have changed, especially with iOS 15 and with the, you know email, social media, and everything. So a lot of digital advertising or digital ads that are served because everybody thinks of Google or Facebook. There's more than that, but at the end of the day they have also started to hit a wall on the return on their ad spend. They're just not as high as they were or they would like. So uh, the personal behavior targeting is just a digital advertising method. It enables marketers to target campaigns directly at the people who are most likely to buy, which we've all heard that before, um, but it's based on what they've bought before. So this isn't data that you're just going to, acquire or purchase or buy these are inventories that have already been collected uh, i'll give a shout out to ncm for example because we are talking about movies they have uh basically a data set of behavioral data of what people buy um i don't know if it's in depth or true or not but i'd like to have maybe one of the reps on the show and talk about like do they know what candy bar i like to buy at the concession stand and what auditorium i like to sit in you know, uh, reserve seating. I'm sure when the ticket is purchased, all that data goes in. It's like John likes to sit in auditorium seven at seat number 46 and he enjoys a Milky Way now and then. <laughs> nah, I'm a Snickers guy. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. I think you're... Really? You too, Mitch? Actually, push comes to shove. I'm more of a baby Ruth guy, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> get, get, you know, just get the hell out of here. 
But, yeah. but to Jonathan, to Jonathan's point, you know, chocolate and caramel and nougat are nothing without the nuts. Yeah. Sorry. Well, you don't hear that on every podcast out there that's uh, that exists. So that's that's new. Thanks for introducing that, Mitch. So anyway, real quick, real there's, quick. There's your clip. Yeah. There's your clip. <laughs> real quick. How often does push come to shove with candy bars? Yeah, really. Well, it depends how hungry I am when I get to the checkout lane of the grocery. Like Betty okay. White hungry or if if I've if I've had to run to the grocery without eating anything, which means I'm going to spend probably $40 more in general. And you know the the candy bar rack is right. The candy bar rack is right there by the checkout lane. Like, hmm, I'm hungry. Oh, you're an I'm impulse hungry. buyer. Okay, that's well, interesting. Well, no, it's just a matter. Of, I'm hungry, and do do I want to wait until I get home and get all these groceries put away, and then have time to cook to eat, or do I want to grab something that's going to kind of tide me over so I don't go home and and scream at everybody and bite people's heads off? Okay, you know, all right. yeah, I like the Betty White. If I ever see you scream, I'll be very surprised. <laughs> yeah, we are way off track. So let's get let's get first up. Let's talk Shang Chi. Let's talk about the movie. So Mitch, you're you're the Marvel expert here. Uh, you obviously have been waiting for this. This is a character that you love. So I'll let you start with uh, your opening thoughts about the movie, the character, because uh, I know a lot of people listening are like, well, I don't really want to listen about how does Shang Chi. What's all this have to do with behavioral, uh, you know, targeting and, and all that? But we're going to get there. So basically, Shang-Chi, the, the master of Kung Fu, um, worked alongside several members of uh, the British Secret Service, MI, either MI5 or MI6. I never can remember the difference between the two. Um, so that played into it. And I don't know if anybody's familiar with Fu Manchu. The, there was a series of novels written by a guy named Sax Romer about this villain, this, this super villain, basically, his name was Fu Manchu, a Chinese, uh, he was a master of science and was going to take over the world. Think Bond villain. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, there's, there's fans that are very comic book deep and knowing the knowledge of the characters, but then this is being distributed to an audience that really either has no idea about the character or they have very minimal knowledge. So for example, um, the marketing actually began before the Super Bowl, but it was during the Super Bowl that the first trailer dropped. So um, there's been a lot of talk and discussion online on several nerd news channels that, uh, you know, the marketing has been very quiet. It hasn't been widely as dist- you know distributed as a larger film. Um, but, you know, one of the things is, is that the film only cost Marvel $150 million to produce. And that's in comparison to what we discussed about Black Widow um, and a couple other episodes back. We discussed the marketing and the branding projects and who they partnered with on that movie. Uh, That was a $200 million production movie. Now, typically that means marketing is included in that budget. Sometimes I think that's not true, but I'm not in the movie industry. I could be completely, absolutely wrong. But for now, we'll have to assume that. In the 150 million, that includes the marketing. So that's a pretty low production number and marketing. For example, um, Star Trek films are basically a hundred million dollars to produce, and uh, you know that they're pretty low. The considered on the low end, even if you call 100 million low end. Um, so you know you kind of have to kind of look at it like that to get a perspective. Now, one interesting fact about this was is that 50 million of that. And U.S. dollars, value of U.S. dollars, uh, was a tax credit provided by Australia. (laughs) So Australia basically said, here's some money, make a movie here. (laughs) 
and no, that's not my take on an Australian accent. Um, I'm just saying that it kind of feels a little bit like, uh, another, you know, not quite an under the table deal, but it was, it's just a very odd thing that, that I found in researching this film and, and its production. And I was like, why, why, mm. you know? So, well, I mean, it's, I mean, think about it. And that's, that's why for a long time, that's why Georgia has become a hotbed for film production. It's why Louisiana was a hotbed of f- film production is because they were offering tax credits to the, to the movie makers to come make their movies there. It's they just, instead of, instead of a state doing it, now you had a whole country <laughs> yeah. offering tax breaks. Yeah. But the lower budget has really like, like how much distribution could be done across channels for budgets. Cause we do media buys for audio, video, um, OTT, things like that. Um, and we know like how, what those can cost certain, um, you know, customers that we do that for. So when you start thinking about like a national distribution like that, I mean, you just 50 million seems like, honestly, it doesn't seem like enough in comparison to what Endgame did because Endgame's marketing was 200 million, but that was Endgame. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think of a, did they run an ad during, during the Super Bowl or just, yeah. I don't think, well, I mean, that, out of 50 million. I mean, we know how much those cost. So. Yeah. Yeah. Most people are like a million dollars. I'm like, no, that was back in the nineties. Now they're yeah. three or four times that much. So mm-hmm. for a spot, they're like a 30 second spot, I think is what it was. I don't even, it may have been like the, I don't think it was a full trailer. A full trailer is like yeah. a minute 30 or something. And that's like, you know, probably not really, I guess they had production already taken care of, I guess you don't have to produce a commercial, but you know, that's just to get the, the thing into the the spot into the mix. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, somebody had to take the time to buy that, negotiate it, place it, all that good stuff. But then the editing of the trailer is either done. Well, I don't even know how much of that's done anymore by studios. I mean, mostly it's marketing firms now that are editing these things for, you know, the purpose of the buy and everything now. So mm, I don't know. I mean, I've heard mixed things about the movie as far as the effects and all that, which that's not what we're not here to like criticize the movie. Cause that's not our shtick on this podcast, but from the marketing angle, it does. I would agree that it is pretty light, but given the budget, I kind of understand why um, the studio just didn't pump enough into that, you know, on their end, they just, I think they, I would bet they used most of that tax credit to be able to fund the marketing. And that was it. And the rest of it went toward, production and actor salaries and everything else mm-hmm. well i mean if you think about it, there weren't a there weren't a lot of huge names in this movie so they didn't have probably quite the salary load that they've had for i mean <laughs> you yet you used endgame as an example everybody was in that movie so yeah i mean you know yeah but speaking about Disney, I'm going to change gears and do the segue now uh, because we are all about ads. Everything is an ad at Nerd Brand. Um, Disney Plus is going to possibly, they are thinking about uh, running ads on their platform. Big surprise. Wah, wah. <laughs> Dep- you know, depend- probably, it would probably be depending on which, you know, whether you got the basic service or if you got the premiere yeah, I'll, whether you, know, you got yeah, Disney Plus or Disney Plus Plus. <laughs> yeah, be like it's the Hulu. It's it's like Hulu, but it's on Disney Plus. It's the same model. We all know that's what's going to happen. If you're paying mm-hmm. like six ninety nine a month, you're going to see ads. If you're not, if you're paying fourteen, whatever, you're probably not. Um, well, think about it. I mean, and I've said this for for quite a while now, but everybody screamed that network television was dying. 
No, network television is dying, isn't dying. It's evolving. Instead of having networks that are coming through broadcast, you've got networks that are basically the apps that you subscribe to. Um, Hulu is in the middle. It's owned by... I don't hear anything about them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's that? Hulu? It wouldn't surprise me if they roll that, you know, roll that away eventually because that's what's that's within the Disney network, right? Right. Yeah, so, it is. So. It, it doesn't make sense because, I mean, you know, over the air, AB, like ABC, that's Disney. Um, so, and then it's sort of like, why not? And I think CBS is like part of Paramount, part of Viacom. So, and then they've got their own streaming thing, which I don't know what you'll find on there beyond Star Trek that you'd maybe want to watch in some weird looking Klingons um, that aren't Klingons, in my opinion. But that's another podcast. Uh, So, yeah, it seems like the Disney. So, I guess my point is, is like they're all starting to kind of, they've gone through this evolution of fragmenting. And like you said, Mitch, they're evolving and they're getting ready to probably condense now. They're going to do like banks in America. They're just kind of like all the small ones are going to get absorbed up by the bigger one. And now you're just going to have like you have in broadcast the big three or the big four. And that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's interesting, I don't, I don't know if any of you guys have noticed. I mean, you, how, do you guys have antennas hooked up to your television for broadcast television? I do. I, but I, don't, I, I don't watch it too much, but I thought about it. Oddly enough, I do. And it's kind of surprising now the variety the variety of broadcast channels there are now that wasn't there prior to the digital mm-hmm. revolution. Um, so again, purchase behavior targeting is an emerging digital advertising method that enables marketers to target campaigns directly at the people who are most likely to buy based upon what they've bought before, which I know many people are like, that's scary. And, you know, in a way, I guess, um, depending on what you want to buy, you know, if you like candy, then you're going to see a lot of candy ads. If you like other things, then you'll see those. Uh, this is a G rated podcast now, so I'll just leave it at that. But uh, yeah, so there is pros and cons to this. Uh, you know, it sounds really cool. I could see for e-commerce marketing, I know John would be like, yeah, but in other areas for cost, things like that, mm, I, we would get his famous, eh. <laughs> I mean, it's just not, it all depends on the cost and the return. I mean, obviously, if you can get your, your brand in front of people who are, in the market or people who have purchased this product or people who are, you know, have a very high intent to purchase. That's what we're shooting for. I mean, that's the, yeah. that's the low hanging fruit. I mean, it's not the whole picture, but it's the low hanging fruit that you can definitely capitalize on. And, and it's very profitable because you're not going to spend a whole lot to convert these people. They're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, a you know, it's a, and I, the platforms have at least claimed to do this in some capacity for a while. You know, I know, I mean, the Facebooks and Googles of the world, you can optimize your campaigns for those particular conversion goals. And it's supposed to show your content to, you know, on Facebook, for example, if you if you set the conversion goal to people who are likely to watch video ads, it will continue to show your video ad to more people who, who like to watch video ads, less people who don't like to watch them. And same, for, you know, I don't know how all this stuff is getting messed up because you could previously obviously target people who have purchased, you know, through e-commerce mm-hmm. you know, with, with the iOS updates kind of interfering with Facebook's conversion, at least, you know, it's, I don't know if that's still, still a viable channel or not. 
I think that, you know, you're getting, when talking about these solutions, it's getting into more programmatic advertising. It's not, um, which is a term that isn't, I don't hear a whole lot, but it's a thing. Um, that's when you start hearing about, I think, IP targeting, geofencing, and all that kind of stuff going on. Um, I've always told people to come to us for that first, or if they mention that, that let's back up for a minute and let's talk about what you're going to try to do. Because one of the cons about that is uh, your ads will fail if you don't have the proper audience knowledge. So if you don't know exactly who you're targeting or what you're saying, like even for us, when we talk about brand and messaging, the ad, what does it say on it? What does it look like? Is it something they keep, you know, Mitch is shaking his head. Yes, because he will pontificate again on this if he needs to. Um, I'm that, I promise. Yeah, it, it's something that if you don't have that figured out, you're spending tens of thousands of dollars, yes, on advertising for programmatic channels that just are not going to hit their targets. So when Disney, for example, opens up over the top, you know, OTT, uh, they, you know, you're going to spend a lot of money. I mean, that's typically we've seen costs 30, 35 dollars CPM. And, you know, well, if that's not your audience isn't on Disney Plus, <laughs> You just threw away a bunch of money. <laughs> so that's kind of like how, how I dovetail this episode back into, you know, nerd. Anyway, so it could also lead to advertising overload. Like you kind of hit a, just a, a bit on it, John, when you kind of said like it gets messed up and, you know, it, it shows video to more people that want to see video and less to those that don't. But it, it eventually like, all I'm seeing is video ads and, I don't know. I'm kind of tired of seeing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we definitely, I mean, uh, even when we're running just basic display ads through Google, I mean, we're monitoring fatigue when we start to see, you know, the click through rates and the conversion rates dip on any kind of ad. It's, you know, a consideration is that we're hitting these people too often and they're just starting to ignore it or, you know, on platforms like Facebook, they're hiding it or they're leaving negative feedback or whatever. And it's, mm -hmm. I want that yeah ad fatigue is a real thing i think mitch knows that after 20 something plus years in advertising you're very well aware of what ad fatigue is and how to avoid that and what not to do or such but well i mean part i mean whether it's digital print whatever the case i mean do you want to be loud or you want to be interesting people get tired of seeing you that so you're not interesting anymore unless you're saying something to people especially now unless you're saying something to someone Number one, that has an interest in what you have to offer, and two, you're presenting to them in a way that's that's intriguing, and and it is have some kind of promise of satisfying a need or desire they have. Then you're just you know you're you're just shooting fireworks off for the sake of shooting off fireworks. You're not you're not you know you're not gonna you're not going to reap the benefits of that. You're just going to spend money. I know it's Friday when Mitch does these things in my, in my head, I have this cinema playing and I just had this guy in the middle of the street, just with a Roman candle in his hand, just shooting it off going like Aah! Friday. <laughs> it's Isn't Friday. Cool? Yeah. Cool? <laughs> Jason goes to weird places. <laughs> I mean, but, I mean <laughs> it's like I mean, earlier when you talked about baby Ruth, I was like, baby Ruth. I just went right back to Goonies. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Now I know where that went. The amount of things that are reaching out for people's attention today has increased exponentially. So it's called stress and anxiety. Well, I mean, it's just, it, it's <laughs> like, just, what is this? You know, again, there's no magic bullet and it, it still takes time. And part of that is because people are bombarded at every turn by by every device and every channel that they have available to them and they're making use of more of those 
devices in those channels. So it's the more things change, the more they stay the same, I guess. And they're they're trying to everybody's trying to keep up. A lot of people, you know, some people don't care about the tech changes and all that, but most people are trying to keep up. Like I'm seeing, and I've had friends even mention like the new streaming services like Peacock and Tubi, and I'm like, and I've watched a little bit of Tubi just because I'm freaking. You know, I'm interested. I want to make sure I don't miss the boat if something's happening. Uh, there's so many more opportunities like that in the flow of information through social media. You get exposed to the new stuff and you want to you have to try to figure out what's worthwhile to latch on to, especially in our field. It's like you don't want to be caught behind the curve because yeah, once yeah. it happens, you're, you're done. <laughs> um, and you still have to practice discern proper. You got to be wise. You got to practice discernment like. I think one of the episodes, John, you mentioned earlier in the year, Clubhouse debuted and just took off like a juggernaut. Now it's gone. And you know, it's like I had people saying like, Jason, you got to get on. You got to get on Clubhouse. And I'm like, I want to do another Zoom meeting. No, can't make me. Not the boss of me. Um, and, you know, that sort of and you, I think you got on a couple of a uh, couple of them and you were like hearing such awful, awful advice about marketing and practices and things like that. And there was other people, I'm a, you know, when I would go on Reddit and read and they're like, Ugh. <laughs> that was the, that was what was coming out. And I was yeah. like, well, uh, this isn't going to last. And, you know, so as in our profession, we have to kind of read the freaking room and, uh, you know, cause we can't get into everything, you know, we can't be everywhere. That's not possible. I, I see that all the time. The age of the full service agency is over unless you've got like a hundred people on staff that specialize in all the channels that are out there times four or three. I did that backwards. I swear to God, I don't drink on Fridays. That doesn't mean other days. <laughs> even then, even then it's hard to keep up. I mean, just kind of thinking back to Disney plus and why they might be considering ads. And now all of a sudden we have to be concerned about that. But you know, something that's changed over the last few years is that Roku has gained from like 2017, you know, 14 million users. Now they have 55 million. Like they're a powerhouse in OTT. The bulk of inventory goes to Roku, which is I like I like flying Roku. under the radar for the most part. But anybody who's really paying attention is gonna be like, oh crap, we got now we gotta figure this out. And it's like <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, we've kind of we've we've hit it on it, but haven't addressed it specifically. But it's audience fragmentation. Mm-hmm. You had in the old days, you had three, maybe four networks, and you had radio, and you had newspapers and magazines. Okay, and if you think about it, there's there are a lot of those. I mean, think about the number of magazines that were on the shelf at one time. Um, it, I mean, it was huge. But now, you still have that. But you've also got over the top, you've got, but then in over the top, you've got Amazon, you've got the, the, the Amazon, Amazon fire, or whatever that's called the Amazon device. You've got Roku, you've yeah. got Apple TV. You, I mean, you've got Google's devices and been within, and then within those, here's an example. I like fail videos. Okay. I'm a sucker for good, funny guy on a skateboard. <laughs> you subscribe to Fail Army, don't you? Admit it. <laughs> I remember when fail videos were just things you randomly found on YouTube uh-huh. when YouTube first hit. Yeah. Then there became a channel called Fail Army. Okay. Yep. So you went, that's where you went when you wanted to watch. Now they have an over the top channel. Okay. Right. That's how fragmented the audience is. There are, you've got, 
so many people at one time in so many different places. It's 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 inconceivable. I mean, if I if you'd yeah. asked me twenty five years ago, pride reference it popped in my head. Thanks, Mitch. Inconceivable. I mean, it, it, it's if you if I sit and think about it too long, it actually gives me cold sweats because if, <laughs> it means what you because you're trying to figure out for a client for a client the best places to put them in front of an audience. Well, how much? This is where the time goes into planning. We yeah. have to do so much more planning and do so much more research now, simply because there are so many different venues to get in front of an audience. Because I had, of the a, uh, I had a business owner who'd been in business for quite a while once tell me that he thought that strategy was a made up non like thing. I forget I phrased it, but it was a non thing. And I laugh now because all we get today is people asking us like, we really need help with the digital strategy. We really need it. And I'm like, it's not a digital strategy. You need help. It's with. just, need a strategy. it's just strategy. <laughs> you just need strategy. It's not just right. digital, digital, digital. It's, I mean, everything's digital now anyway. So yeah. Well, there's the other side of that coin, Mitch. I mean, aside from the planning that it takes, then there's attribution which when you have that level of fragmentation, you have people hopping over here and they see this ad or and they, they engage this ad, but they don't do anything that you really want them to do. Then they come over here three weeks later and they see it on, I don't know, a Roku movie. And then they pick up their phone while they're watching that movie and they go buy the thing. <laughs> and it's like, what do you attribute to that conversion? You know, exactly. How, how do you know where to put the rest of your money? I mean, I, it's, I mean, it's you really different. have to ask your, I'm sorry. You're fine. This gets, it's difficult. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it really gets very philosophical when you think about it, Jonathan, is, is that it's really not any easier in the big picture. It's not any easier to gauge behavior where marketing is concerned than it ever has been. It's hard. It was hard before because you had so few ways to really find out details back mm -hmm. before think before the, the advent of digital. Now, because it's so fragmented, it's not any easier because it's harder to quantify what made them take that step to interact with the brand. Uh, and, uh, you know, we want to thank all of our listeners for listening. Uh, and, and we hope you can gain some insights from the show. You can find us everywhere on social media at nerdbrandagency.com. At nerdbrandagency.com is where you find us. <laughs> See, this is what happens when it's a Friday and you're hungry nerdbrandagency.com is the website you can find us on all the social media channels using the handle at nerdbrandagency man so <laughs> that wasn't so hard that wasn't so hard at all just google us <laughs> yeah just google us yeah seriously i think we've kind of and that's taken us a year to get to where we're at and we're still crafting and polishing because that's another channel that we're not going to talk about on the show today because that i think we hit that one up pretty pretty hard enough and we may come back to that one with another guest that we've had on the show before so we will let you know and keep you posted but anyways thanks for uh listening and uh guys thank you for coming on the show for friday you know you've been working hard this week uh so you know mitch got his hairs cut all of them and, and john all you, of them. john you probably want to pull some of yours out uh <laughs> but you seem pretty good i'm so. caught up now you're caught I'm up caught. Good. all right awesome well tell everybody out there remember keep your nerd brand strong <laughs>